So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Hey, happy Wednesday, everybody. It is DTFF. We are back. Uh, sorry for the delay. Not coming to you on your normal Tuesday evening. If you're going to try to tune into us live here, um, I had a work thing last night that was unavoidable. So, hence, here we are Wednesday. But you know what? We are quasi professionals and we will not yeah. miss many weeks. Occasionally, we'll miss weeks. Not this one, though. This is <laughs> That's where the quasi comes in. That's, That's right. That's why we say quasi. That's right. Yeah, we've got a great show here. We're continuing our kind of look back at the 2022 season. Uh, this week, we are talking about the running back position. But before we get into it, I need to say hi to my favorite co-host, Jake Trowbridge. How are you doing this evening, Jake? So good. I'm doing so good, Dustin. Uh, I don't that know why I had to say it like so that. <laughs> you know, why I think I had to say it that way is because this is the first weekend without actual NFL football in quite some time. And I don't know how to feel about it now. You coming don't, up. You, you, you don't say the pro Bowls like any actual football. I do not. I will not concede. That's that fair. Either. I don't either. I don't either. Nor so, could question, I be coaxed to. Are you yes. going to watch any of the pro bowl? Oh, of course. What have I got okay. to do this deep into the winter time on a Sunday? Well, and it's probably going to be here in Wisconsin, what, like negative 10 degrees without the wind chill for what they're talking about. It's supposed to get brutally cold. So yeah, it's not like you're going to yeah. go outside and try to enjoy the winter weather or anything. No, what am I? What, I'm not going jet skiing. You know, I'm just going to be inside. That would be impressive on frozen lakes. I'm just going to just going to say. It might be another weekend. You know, maybe after the Super Bowl, I will try that. But for now, I will sit. I'll watch the games. We talked a little bit last week. I, look, they're trying to some extent mm -hmm. the fun level. And it's they know that it's not real football. They've given up that ruse, at least. And I respect that. Thank for God. It. Thank yeah. God they've given up that ruse because that was the worst thing they were trying to do. It's like, no, it's actual, you know, all the stars. No, it's really not. It's like the fourth alternates. That are showing up because nobody wants to get injured. Let's be honest. That was yeah. the real reason the season was over. Nobody wanted to have a potential injury that was going to cost them the beginning of the next season yep. in in making their money in their very short career. So it's like I don't blame the NFL players for opting out of the the old version of the Pro Bowl. Hopefully now with this flag football and these skills challenges and stuff, you know, some of the big stars will actually show up and it might be a little bit more uh, entertaining. A little loosey-goosey. Maybe a little bit more backyard beer games type of thing. Yeah, than, you know, a traditional absolutely. traditional Sunday football, but I would love that as well. Yeah, same here. So, uh, as you said, no football this weekend, but we had a okay slate of games for the championship round. I mean... We had one. It was one, yes. I mean, it's just... Yeah, that San Francisco game, disappointing, obviously, with... Uh, the injury to Brock Purdy and then their four string quarterback getting injured uh, with Josh Johnson. And so Christian McCaffrey came in and, and threw a couple passes and, you know, not Brock as many Purdy, as I would have liked. I know the they should, they really should have just leaned into it, but yeah. you know, Brock Purdy basically came in and just handed the ball off the rest of the game for when San Francisco was on offense. So yeah. uh, it's disappointing because that was shaping up, you know, on paper to be a really great game. I was really excited for that one. But uh, that's too bad. Yeah, the other other game over in the AFC, uh, that, that was much more enjoyable. Let's put it that way. That was more playoff style football. Mm -hmm. That was more championship weekend style football. So I appreciated that. I'm interested uh, in, obviously, the Super Bowl. Look, did, did my teams go through? Not necessarily. I hope the Bengals, I wanted them to make it through. Mm -hmm. Same. You know, I mean, really, I wanted the Jaguars to make it through. But we we both knew that wasn't actually going yeah. to happen. Uh, but I wanted the Bengals to make it through. They didn't. The Chiefs did. I don't care what anybody says about the officiating. I get it. Mm -hmm. I still just think, you know, you couldn't beat a hobbled Patrick Mahomes. And so it is what it is, you know. But I'm disappointed. Yeah, same here. 
Who are you going to be rooting for, though, in these uh, Super Bowl this year? I I always appreciate an underdog. And the closest thing that we have to it is the Eagles because they have won the furthest back now for a Super Bowl, even though that was like five years ago mm-hmm. when Nick Foles came in and won. The Chiefs have they've been to too many now at this point. They've been to too many championships games, too many Super Bowls where by default, they're not the underdog. So I have to root for the Eagles. Yeah, I'm going to root. I'm rooting for the Eagles as well, I guess, because NFC, you know, Packers are in the NFC root for your conference, I guess. I don't know. I don't have a really reason why. It's just I just don't want to root for the Chiefs, I guess. Maybe it's because Jalen Hurts. Maybe it's because the Chiefs played the Packers in the first Super Bowl. So there's just that underlying like I can't root for them because, you know, the Packers played them in Super Bowl one. I don't know. I'm stretching here. It's in the DNA. That's all. It's in your DNA. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Well, as I said, we got a great show. uh, But before we get into it, Jake, what are we drinking this evening? Or what are you drinking? We're drinking different things tonight. We've diverged. We've diverged this week. I am drinking a Saturday. It's a brand called Saturday Beer, which I just really like their brand name. But it's an unfiltered Pilsner. Very simple. Very straightforward. Nice. Is it very clean, clean crisp. and crisp? Oh, it is. Look at, look at us right here. Oh we're my just God, we're so connected. Even though we're not drinking the beer, it's like you're drinking the beer because you know what I was about to say. But it's really good. I don't know. I like a I like a pilsner as like a palate cleanser. Sometimes mm-hmm. I have too many different styles of beers. I'm like, I just need something that's just beer. The flavor yeah. is beer. Yeah, you want beer flavored beer? Absolutely. Yeah. There's yeah, nothing yeah. wrong with that. And I enjoy those as well. <laughs> what uh, have you I I am not drinking beer this evening. I am. Not classing it up because that that that's not accurate. Uh, I'm drinking wine this evening. Uh, it's a Cabernet. Bad so. work day. That's what that means. That's what. No, wine actually, means. It, it was coming off the uh, the work late work night last night. Mm. Um, so I'm like, I need I need something other than just a, a beer this evening. I need some wine. So that's what that's about. Octane. Yeah, right, that's fair. That's fair. Well, Dustin, we uh we talked about some happenings. In the NFL, one thing we didn't talk about just yet, big, big time news. If you're listening to this, you already know that Tom mm-hmm. Brady officially retired, Dustin. Well, officially. For now. Yeah, retired. officially for now. And uh, I, I had this image. You're in a It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia fan like I am. I had the image of Frank Reynolds two days into retirement where he just completely his body shut down on him he basically turned gray that's what i envision <laughs> is about to happen to tom brady on the second go round if he stays retired but what any any thoughts for the goat as they like to call him uh not really i mean yes this obviously affects your fantasy teams <laughs> uh because tom brady still played it in an uh, okay level you know he wasn't outstanding by any stretch of the imagination didn't play up to the goat standards let's put it that way sure and obviously there prior to this there was a lot of speculation is he going to come back to tampa is he going to go like to la is there you know san francisco possibly uh you know there's a lot of speculation of where he could go so i mean i guess it's nice to know early in the offseason now rather than later in the offseason because you can drop him off your bench or, you know, trade him away to another team. If someone thinks, Hey, maybe there's a chance he'll come back. You could get like a third or fourth round pick for him. That'd be about it though. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that he was long for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers anyway. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't really affect what you thought of your skill position players for the Bucks as of last week. Like that should remain the same in my Mm -hmm. opinion. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, we'll see. We'll see what happens if it's for real, for real this time. I think it is for what it's worth. Unless Gronk also comes back out of retirement and they do a tag team announcement. Wouldn't that be something? Oh, oh, that would be something. Yeah. So we have to have another, uh, what is that, T-Mobile round of commercials <laughs> that they did? <laughs> sure. Well, it would beat the USAA commercials that Gronk is currently doing. So if it this means is we true. can lose those, I would be satisfied. Uh, this is very true. But Dustin, I brought up Tom Brady's retirement. I mean, obviously just because it's huge news, but also because it perfectly plays in 
to our next segment. So I thought it would be a nice way to transition into our drunk trade of the week. Oh, excellent. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 so, Tom Brady does appear in this week's Drunk Trade. This comes to us from Twitter, at Raining714. That's rain like the water, by the way. Not rain like the king or queen. I just want to make that clear. I don't know why uh, for you audio listeners. But it, this is a one-quarterback dynasty league trade. Okay. Raining says, after some white Russians... Nice so choice. I just want to say, love the white Russians. Off to a fantastic start. I hope you're wearing a uh, dude Lebowski-approved sweater while drinking those. Mm-hmm. But they acquired the 108 and Gus Edwards. Gus Bus, haven't talked about that name in a while. Acquired that for my 112 and Brock Purdy. Here's the context. I've only got Brady going into next year. So, sent away. Very the only timely. <laughs> Besides Tom Brady for both of these things, really, because Brock Purdy now, it's been announced that he's probably not even going to be healthy to start next season. So whatever hopes he had of keeping that fire going, it's probably gone, I'm guessing. But a lot of this, so sent away Brock, which now you're like, okay, whatever you can get for him, great. However, you're left with Tom Brady, who's now retired. All of this context. What do you think of this trade? I actually don't mind it only because it's a one QB league. Um, So you moved up four spots in the draft and you got Gus Edwards, who is a good flex week by by week fill in. Um, J.K. Dobbins hasn't been the bastion of health. Hopefully Gus comes back, you know, healthy next year. So he, he could be a usable option. Brock Purdy. I was never of the opinion that he was going to be the starter going into the next year. They still have Trey Lance. So I just, he he was the one-year wonder, or one-year wonder meaning the last, you know, seven games of the wow. year, including the playoffs here. Um, and with that 108, especially in a one QB league, you can go after and trade for an upper-level quarterback pretty easily. Uh, I mean, to upgrade from Brady... I mean, even if if Brady wasn't retiring, I mean, you'd still want to probably upgrade from there to get yourself a top 10, top eight quarterback at a minimum to give up the 108 plus maybe a little extra. That's not that tall in order. So I don't hate it. Uh, you're Like I said, get Gus Edwards, who, who will have some serviceable weeks for you. So all in all, I, I don't hate it. Yeah, even before the injury to Brock Purdy and the Tom Brady announcement, or factoring in any combination of those two things that you want, I still love this trade for him because you just you just moved up four spots essentially for nothing. For mm-hmm. there is even with a healthy Brock Purdy, this is a one quarterback league. Like you said, Dustin, you can find upper tier, at least better quarterbacks than Brock Purdy very easily mm-hmm. for the long haul. I understand it's a dynasty league, but one quarterback leagues, yeah, you can chan- do that. Yeah, and chances are, you know, someone like Ryan Tannehill or Marcus Mariota or, you know, there's going to be those guys on your waiver wire that you can pick up and spot start. Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, like, you know, there's going to be all these guys. Go pick up Kyle Trask. He's probably out there on your waiver wire right now. And he is the de facto starter in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady retiring. So it's like you can easily get or play the waiver wire every week and and get yourself a top 12 quarterback most like in most weeks um because yeah. you're not going to hoard quarterbacks in a one qb league that's just not how it works yeah or use that newly acquired 108 to go get yourself like a big time qb mm-hmm. if you want to do that if you want to take that approach you absolutely could do that in a one quarterback league without hesitation so i don't know i yeah i don't see anything bad about this trade other than the fact that yeah it stinks that your backup quarterback essentially brady is now gone but hey you got a new uh roster spot as well out of it that's right at it that way so it's that's all right. wins here man mm-hmm. and as we said kind of at yeah you know, right before we got into this you could probably still trade brady to another team for like a third or fourth round pick and get some like draft capital 
You think in a one-quarterback league, you can get even a third-rounder for him now? I don't know, man. Ah, okay, maybe a fourth, but it's like sure. someone will probably take, because you can't drop him quite yet, with especially how last offseason went. So it's like someone might be like, here, take my, like, like the 310, you know, kind of a latest round third pick, especially in a one QB league. It's like, eh, it gets get kind of thin there. I'll take the chance that Brady could unretire and come back later in the offseason. Sure. And then I'll have a starting quarterback. So you could always try to trade them and get additional draft capital, which therefore you could go use in getting your quarterback of the future. There you go. I like it. I like this trade. This makes me happy. Every aspect of it. Uh, I mean, not Tom Brady retire. I, I feel like a dick to say that that makes me happy. But in a way, <laughs> it kind of does. God, I'm mm-hmm. so petty sometimes. Um, but I deserve to be petty because... I have to be the opposite of that now because we can talk about last week's uh, beer bet, Dustin. Although you have to admit last week's beer bet, it ended up pretty gross. It ended up real gross. Way worse than I expected it to be. So yeah, our beer bet. To recap for everyone so they realize how disgusting this ended up being. uh, We went with the Philadelphia-San Francisco game and we said wide receiver room versus wide receiver room. All wide receivers, total fantasy points. And it ended up being kind of a gross game, which we've already said. I took Philadelphia, Jake. You you took uh, San Francisco. And Philadelphia just eked it out with 12.4 points versus San Francisco's eight. Just, I mean, that is gross. You have to emphasize. This is the room. This is every all wide receiver, wide receiver on all both of teams. If this was the top wide receiver on each team, you'd still be like, man, okay. that sucked. That, 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 was, that was a poor showing, yeah. No, this is just, all of them. It even uh, includes Debo Samuel's rushing attempts, the couple that he had. Like, this is awful, awful. Yep. So, so I'm glad you get to take the shot on this one because, yeah, this, this feels... Look, if I had won... I won't say that I wouldn't have felt like I won, because I would have. It doesn't matter how gross it is. If I That's win, right. I win. And if a you w win, is a w. and you did. And so because of that, Dustin, you are a magnificent fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. Cheers. Thank you. Woo! Ha! Woo! Hit that whiskey. Woo! All right. Now that that grossness is done, we can get on to the heart of the show here. Talking running backs. So I will go through your start us off by letting us know or reminding us who the top 12 running backs are. Total points. I'm not going to do points per game. We're just going to go total scores. So here we go. One through 12. We had Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, and Leonard Fournette rounding out the top 12. So, Jake, let's start off here. What surprises you most about the top 12 in total points for this season? There's one name that should probably surprise me the most, and yet it's not. If the outside world is looking at this, maybe they thought, what in the hell? with Ramondre Stevenson. Like, how did a New England Patriots running back get into the top seven running backs in total? And it's not like in points per game, he was outside of it either. He was Mm -hmm. running back 10 in points per game. And that's the one that should have surprised me the most. And it's not. Nick Chubb actually surprises me being one spot higher at six. I had all but written him off as an RB1 for the season. I didn't believe that the Browns, without a real quarterback, in my opinion, for basically the duration or all of the season. I'm glad you that I'm glad that you consider Baker Mayfield a real quarterback. Well, look, did you see that <laughs> one Rams game this year? I mean, come on. <laughs> Baker Mayfield is the shit, right? No, it just seemed like, you know, and it's not even anything against the team overall, I guess. But it really was like, quarterback situation is disgusting. Nick Chubb doesn't catch a lot of passes. It's not going to be a PPR god. I didn't think that they would find themselves in, in too many scoring positions. 
for him to get many touchdowns unless by his own sheer will, Derrick Henry style. And he did that. Mm-hmm. I think I just discounted yep. how good of a running back Nick Chubb actually is. And it's not pretty. And for fantasy, him and Derrick Henry are kind of the one-two punch there that you wouldn't expect, that defy the odds maybe. And so I was I was a little bit shocked he was that high. Did you feel that way about Chubb at all? A little bit. I, I expect him maybe be like top 10-ish. Uh, but the one that really sticks out to me is Josh Jacobs coming in at number three overall. Uh, granted, I expected him to have a very good season. We saw the usage last year really tick up. He got more involved in the passing game, which you like to see. But I did not expect him to finish number three overall. And it's not like in the top 12 running backs that there was running backs that missed significant time this year. Where like last year, there was like Derek Henry got injured, which, you know, he was having a freakish season. So it didn't matter because he was still like well within the top 10 at the end of the season. But um, yeah, it's not like guys were missing this year. The running backs stayed relatively healthy. Um, so to see Josh Jacobs as the number three overall, I mean, that was I did not expect that. I was like, OK, he could finish top 10, top 12 ish, you know, are a solid RB one, but did not expect this whatsoever. Did not get him in uh, any of my numerous best ball teams, I will say. I had passed on his upside. I had thought for a baseline, sure. Josh Jacobs, that's fine. If that's what you want, if you want somebody who's going to get you those mid-range RB2 numbers, sure. Mm -hmm. And he might even be of value, I guess, at that point. No fucking way did I think a top three finish was in his range of outcomes. So I do agree with you there. He's in a real interesting spot for Mm -hmm. next year. I don't know what's going to happen with him. He's still young, though. Yeah, isn't he like forever 22? I should have said forever 21. That would have made way more sense. No, no, no. Uh, I'm sure that's like a licensing <laughs> issue. We really okay, that, that's fair. Say that. Forever 22, <laughs> I think that's the right way to go. Uh, but but for real, though, he, I would say he's so, so young yet. He came in very young into the league. So, uh, yeah, and the Raiders obviously did not decide to pick up his fifth-year option. So he is a free agent. So it'll be very interesting to see where he goes this year. Does he stay in a system that works for him? It maybe takes a little bit less money knowing he is going to be the feature back. Or does he try to maximize his youth here and get that big contract somewhere else? It'll be interesting to see. I think I think Josh Jacobs this offseason ruins the running back market for the older guys. Like your Saquon Barkley's, who admittedly said he would go back to the Giants. But mm-hmm. he is a free agent. He could go anywhere. But like those range of fellas... Uh, I think are going to find a tough time with somebody like Jacobs being on the market. I just think he's going to kind of crater that for him. I'd say there's a good number of teams that if he goes to, though, I'm really interested in Dynasty for that reason. Again, he's only 24. Mm -hmm. I just don't know that the market is really believing in Josh Jacobs as like an elite guy. And I don't know if I think he's elite, but I think he's worth a decent amount in Dynasty. Yeah. I agree. Same here. And I just want to touch on one other surprise for me, and that's Tony Pollard coming in at number eight. I mean, personally, I had higher hopes for Zeke this year. Um, that did not work out for obvious reasons, but um, I also did not expect Pollard to produce as well as he did when Zeke, with Zeke's kind of decline that we've seen. So the fact that he did it, and he's a free agent too after this year. I mean, there, there's a lot of these kind of mid-tier perceived mid-tier running backs that are free agents this year which will um could make for a very interesting offseason it's going to be fun when the uh, free agent market opens here in about six weeks ish mid-march um it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out and how some of these uh backfields shake up yeah and you say that I, I always think we overestimate how many moves are going to happen every single offseason. That's fair. But there's got to be some of these guys mm-hmm. shifting around. And speaking of uh, the Cowboys here, um, did you see or did you hear that Mike McCarthy is going to take over play calling duties? Allegedly in there. Um, so how does that make you feel about Dallas players in general? It does not make me feel very good about them at all for fantasy mm-hmm. because... He is a bad play caller. 
Well, <laughs> let's not even say he's a bad play caller. He's just good enough to not get himself fired. Like he's not going to do anything drastic enough where after, you know, eight weeks, Jerry's going to be like, you're out, you're done. He'll never do that. He well, Jerry just, just doesn't do that either. Like he would never fire someone in the middle of the season. But like you so. won't even see that kind of excitement with him. That's the thing. It could be exciting bad for a lot of play callers and a lot of coaches. Not for Mike McCarthy. It's just going to be dragging bad. It's just going to be ugh, the whole damn time. And Jerry Jones did also say he wants Zeke back in 2023. Mm-hmm. So speaking about these two. Well, I think there's still a big cap hit for Zeke. So I don't think they can really get out from under this contract until after this next season without paying a large cap hit. So that makes sense from that aspect. But I mean, honestly, at this point, since we're talking about it and it is running backs, do you assuming let's assume Tony Pollard re-signs with Dallas this year. Do you think Pollard becomes the lead back or is it kind of what we saw this year where Zeke will be maybe like the first and second down thumper kind of grinding out those tough yards and then Pollard comes in as the the third down back or the pass catcher or the electric guy that'll make some plays. Do you think we'll see more of that or do you see Pollard like being like the 1A and Zeke maybe taking that back seat since he is a little long in the tooth and not quite as a great playmaker? Yeah, we're ta- I, I I talk a lot of shit about Mike McCarthy, about Jerry Jones. And their ineptitude in a lot of ways. But I can't imagine anybody saw what just happened with Tony Pollard on the field versus what happened with Zeke on the field and said, you know what? This is fine. Give Zeke 70% of the touches. Give Tony Pollard 30. Like, I know there's concerns about how he'll hold up to a fuller workload and all that. That's ridiculous, though. Any logical, semi-logical, quasi-logical person can see Tony Pollard needs to take a bigger snap share. Not saying it's going to be the whole kit and caboodle. Right. I mean, that just happen. doesn't happen. Um, but, Jake, I disagree with you. I think Jerry Jones really? likes Zeke. Zeke is their guy. I don't have faith in Mike McCarthy making proper personnel <laughs> decisions. Uh, I just I don't have faith in that at all. I think Zeke will still be the guy they try to run out on first and second down and get the bulk of the carries. It, basically what we saw this year. I think it'll be a repeat of this year. And and I hate that for Tony and Pollard. If that is the case, you might look at this and go, well, Tony Pollard finished very high this year for fantasy. That's fine. Keep, keep the splits the way that they are next year. But like you said, with Kellen Moore out and Mike McCarthy taking over, you can't, really point out how much of a downgrade that is like mm-hmm. just on paper you have to feel it in your bones how much of a downgrade it is and it is so it, it is as we game, we poignantly know this as uh yeah. as uh packer fans and the former head coach of the packers here so i hurts yeah it it, it it's not great <laughs> not great bob not great mm-hmm. hey speaking of packer stuff i do want to talk about aaron jones We talked about him a little bit previously, so I'm not going to harp on it too much here. Um, He was one of my uh, drinking buddies. He didn't he didn't wow you. He didn't do what I thought he would do, which was like a top five finish. But he was just good enough to be when he hurt you. He did hurt you. And there were weeks where he fell off the face of the earth and that was no good. Some of it due to injury. You got to presume. But they did say like they want Aaron Jones back. Feels like he's going to want to go back. Again, talking about the market, he's getting up there in age. He might want the safety of the Packers and that paycheck, Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't blame him. So if he does, are we in this trap of A.J. Dillon and him? I mean, speaking about Zeke and Pollard, this seems like a more clear-cut situation now, right, for these two? Is it, though? I I think so. I don't know. Aaron Jones still looked really good. I... I mean, okay. I mean, we're going to get a little bit in the weeds here with this, but really, I think part of it really depends on what happens at the quarterback position. If Rodgers sticks around, I think we'll see similar to what we saw this year, uh, where LaFleur doesn't utilize his running backs as much as he should for some reason, knowing that they have really good 
uh, a really good tandem of running backs. If Rogers leaves and they don't bring in like another veteran that could stabilize this offense, say they re-sign Jordan Love and, and trade Aaron Rodgers or just outright release him or he decides to retire and do ayahuasca uh, for the rest of his life. I don't know. Sure. Uh, and, and, you know, we have Jordan Love on the team. I think they would rely on that run game a little bit more, which would behoove Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon both. But if Rodgers returns, I think we'll see what we saw this year where he's going to try to rely on Rodgers to make plays with the wide receivers and kind of forget about the running back room for chunks of the game or entire games for whatever reason. And I that was one thing from this year I don't understand LaFleur's play calling uh, is that he has very two talented running backs. Both can catch the ball great. I know Aaron Jones is a more natural pass catcher, I believe, than than A.J. Dillon. But A.J. Dillon has shown that he can catch the ball incredibly well also. Why he didn't utilize those and get them more involved in the play calling, I don't know, and it boggles my mind. It boggles everybody's mind, I think. I am of the mind that Aaron Rodgers himself actually kind of ruined Aaron Jones to some extent. His inability to make these short passes everywhere crippled not only these guys, but some other players, too, out there. There, there were guys who should have had better stat lines, mm-hmm. and he just whipped. And blame it on the broken thumb, blame it on whatever. But it wasn't happening. We've seen Aaron Rodgers be able in Matt in LaFleur's offense to be like, yeah, we can utilize Aaron Jones. It'll be great. Sure. We can utilize A.J. Do- Dillon. It'll be great. Sometimes... Not often, but sometimes both at once. That'll be great, too. And it didn't happen. And I'm blaming Aaron Rodgers a little bit more because he had so many errant passes to them, just little screeners that would typically get them big yardage, Mm -hmm. and it never came to fruition. I actually do think Jordan Love taking over, I agree with you, would be better for these two. So that's what I'm hoping for, not just as a Packer fan, because I'm tired of those shenanigans, but I'm for fantasy, projecting forward. I think Aaron Jones can be somebody you trade for in Dynasty right now for a low, low price. And I think that his consistency will bounce back next year. Maybe not his highs. He might not have the highs that he had three, four years ago, but his consistency will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that sounds right here. Um, So, Jake, I want to look at the next. Let's let's talk about the next top 12 here, uh, the 12 through or 13 through 24 running backs. because there's some definite surprises in this one. Um, the first off being at number 13, Jamal Williams, someone near and dear to our hearts. Um, I think we all know why he finished as running back 13 this dog. year. Yes, dog. That's it. No, it's buoyed by the touchdowns. I mean, he set the Lions all time rushing touchdown record. Uh, he's a free agent also. Assuming he returns, we'll just make that assumption uh, kind of moving forward here. Do you see him eating into Swift's value this much like he did this year or yeah or or is he like yes this is the guy the goal line guy and he's going to get you know 15 touchdowns in this offense every year Uh yes and no he's not going to get I don't think he's going to get 15 touchdowns every year but I do think he's going to continue to eat into DeAndre Swift's workload as long as he's around because he's a Dan Campbell type of guy He's the the heartbeat of the team type of running back. DeAndre Swift has not proven that he can actually hold up to uh, to substantial workloads, and I think that does scare the coaching staff. I think you never have to worry about the pass catching. Like that's mm-hmm. Swift's deal, and you, and you're good with that. But yeah, Jamal Williams is not a nobody. He is going to not allow the high upside touchdowns. Like, Swift can get more than he got this year. There were instances where he just got straight-up vultured. He had an opportunity to get Mm -hmm. a touchdown, didn't. They brought in Jamal Williams right away. Jamal got it. So there are going to be times where he'll get more. But I do do believe Jamal Williams is uh, a thorn in the paw of DeAndre Swift. Mm -hmm. All right, what about Alvin Kamara, Jake? Now, he finished as running back 16 overall and... RB 13 in points per game. I know there's kind of that looming possible suspension for him to start next season. I've heard anywhere from like two to six games. Do you, 
all right, let me let me slow my thoughts here. This offense, it's not what it was. Sean Payton's not there anymore. You don't have Drew Brees. You've got, you know, Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston at the helm, sometimes Taysom Hill. Um, is this where you kind of expect Alvin Kamara? I mean, the days of Alvin Kamara being a top five, top eight fantasy asset, they'll give you those big boom weeks. Is that gone now? I think so. I whiffed on him. I mm-hmm. considered him a steal in drafts and redraft this year. I did. And to some extent, he was going late second round, early third round, depending on what time of year you drafted, largely due to the suspension and thinking that maybe that would kick in this year at some point. But like that wasn't obviously the issue. The issue was like 30% of his fantasy points came in one week where he just scored mm-hmm. a shit ton of touchdowns. Not too dissimilar from the year prior, where luckily that was in the fantasy championships, if I recall, though, that he right. did that the previous year. This year is a random midseason game, and then he just ghosted you for so long. If you take away that one game, I know we can't do that, but if you did, I swear he would be like RB30, maybe, which is more of what he felt like mm-hmm. for this year. And he's up there. I don't know who the hell they're going to roll out a quarterback next year. I really don't. They do Andy Dalton again. I'm going to throw myself out of a window. A, a short one. It'll be a short one, but just enough to think. <laughs> uh, it's, it, I don't know. It, all I know is Alvin Kamara is also getting up there. Mm-hmm. And I don't trust a 28-year-old running back in a kind of weird offense uh, when he doesn't look like himself. With the suspension looming. Like, I'm the most out you could be on Alvin Kamara for next year. Yeah, I'm just trying to look up real quick here on Spotrack what his contract situation is. I'm just curious to see. So he is got a potential out after this season. Um, so if they were to cut him this year, um, he has a dead cap hit of nineteen over nineteen million. Oof. Where where after this year, uh, it drops down to just a spidge over nine million. Which is still pretty significant, but yeah. not quite the same. So yeah, he will be there in New Orleans this year for sure. Unless they trade him for some reason and they're like, hey, we're in like a full rebuild type mode. Yeah. Um, but I don't see that happening. I think he's probably pretty beloved by his teammates and, and the and city with the itself. Suspension, and... I don't know that another team is going to want to take that possibility right. on. At his age, right. his cost, and now the suspension, I just don't mm-hmm. know that that'll happen. Yep, so, yeah, he is 28 this year, so. Trade yeah, him for whatever you can in good. Dynasty is my mm-hmm. thought process right now. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree, I agree. And then I don't know that there's anyone else at this next next top 12 we really need to discuss. Lots of young names in there, which um, is exciting. So well, I'm interested in, in, before we move too much further down the list, I am interested in seeing what you think about Kenneth Walker. So Kenneth Mm -hmm. Walker finishes as the RB18 overall, the RB16 in points per game. He didn't get the full season as Mm -hmm. the starter. So he came on pretty late. We had the Rashad Penny experience for like a minute again. (laughs) Again. As we so often do with him. And then Kenneth Walker comes in and he looked like a Seattle Seahawks running back. I don't mm-hmm. know how else to say it. Like Chris Carson, you remember how good good Chris Carson was? And yeah. it's not that he was necessarily special. I don't mean that as an insult, but he wasn't like upper echelon running back of all time. He's just really good. And the Seahawks know how to use really good running backs really well. So maybe because he didn't play a full season, do you think there's a discount to be had on him right now? I don't know. I think there could be if if you're if you're trying to trade for him and you're work, you know, you're working the, the, the GM that has him and you're like, Hey, I want Kenneth Walker. You know, he was RB, you know, 16 or what, what was it? RB 16 on the season. Yeah. And points per game, RB 18 overall, RB 16. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd even, you know, as someone that's trying to be savvy, like, Hey, he was RB 18 overall. Let me take this guy off your hands. You know, he, take he, showed, yeah, he, he showed that he's not the guy. Um, 
I think he could sneak into the top 12, like low end, like maybe like 12, 13. Like he'd be like right on that cusp next year, assuming health, assuming he gets the full workload. Because, uh, I mean, the Seahawks have a lot of other positions that they need to focus on. And whether they draft a quarterback, I mean, they have two first round picks this year. So whether they draft a quarterback, maybe they'll run with Geno Smith again for another year. I don't know, but... I feel like if they were to spend a little bit of draft capital or free agency in the offensive line, just to bolster that a little bit more, uh, I could see him like cracking that top 12 uh, next year, just because from what we saw, he had, he had some very electric moments. And like you said, the Seahawks staff, as much as I hate giving Pete Carroll any sort of credit whatsoever, he knows how to put people in their positions to succeed. And and Kenneth Walker is one of those. So I'm, I would try to trade for him this off season if you can, um, hopefully. And again, using that, like he was RB 18. He didn't live up to that. You know, uh, what was he going in rookie drafts? Like the one Oh three last year. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't live up to that one Oh three hype. So try to get a little bit of discount for him. Yeah. I think it'll ring a little hollow to anybody who has him on their team of like, he didn't live up to expect. I don't know that you're going to see those people be like, yeah, he was RB18. Because it, you know, it felt you a never lot know. That, and it is a lot. That's true. I think, try. though, there is something to be said for when you're on the ro- on the clock in rookie drafts, when that comes around, I do think you could very, very easily trade less than what you acquired him for mm-hmm. to get him in that moment. You get him for 103 last year. I think you could get him for something like the 106, 107, maybe even just a tad further down because mm-hmm. people get hyped up for rookie drafts. They want the newness. They don't want the oldness. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe like a 108, 109 and then like a random third round pick or something too, just to yeah. sweeten it a little bit, which third round picks are nothing. Like the hit rate on them is practically nothing so like not on rookie draft day then they're that's right that's right so yeah i he is someone i'd be very interested in trying to acquire this season or this off season i should say i like it um jake any other running backs here that you see cracking into the top 12 come next season and i'm gonna say outside of jonathan taylor because that's injury like i think we all expect him to go back to what he was coming back healthy so Outside of the obvious players here, who who do you think could go into the top twelve, and who's someone that maybe you know you would focus on as a trade target to to get that like just anchor running back on your team? I'll I'll be honest. If I'm trading in Dynasty right now, and this is a great episode to talk about this briefly, I don't trade for running backs at this point unless it's somebody like Kenneth Walker. Where again, I feel like. Maybe there's some sort of value to actually be clean. He's so young. There's no worries. I say you got the youth on your side. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of the guys, even Damian Pierce, very young. Texans finished as RB27. Front half of the season, Damian Pierce looked fantastic. And he could still very well be their starter for next year. Because, again, they have so many holes that they need to fill, so many positional needs that Damian Pierce should get the opportunity, I think at least, to be the Mm -hmm. guy next year. Do I really want to risk trading for him now, you know, giving a second round pick probably at this point still to get him. I don't think so. I'll wait it out. I'll wait until closer to the season and trade for somebody maybe still like James Conner. Then talk about him, RB19. He's getting up there. And I understand he's still up and down. He's hot and cold. But I'd trade less draft capital potentially closer to the season to get the locked-in mm-hmm. starter, even though he's older, I don't care. Yeah, I think that's fair. So really out of this, our top 36 here that we're looking at, there's really no one else that you're like, I I have a hard feeling this guy could crack into the top 12 and maybe I want to go after him. Not really. Like As much as people love Rashad White, and, and I appreciate what he did this year with the Bucks. I'm not buying into that level of hype. I think he's a good utility guy. He'll have a role. He'll be fantasy relevant, but top 12, I don't see that in his range of outcomes at all. And nobody else on this list. I mean, Antonio Gibson, eh, no, no, I'm just done. I think with Antonio Gibson of, of that level of thinking he could be at that level. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's two guys here that I I would I think I'm gonna try to go after this off season. Obviously, not not in the fact that I'm like I'm convinced they're gonna be elite level running backs next season, but I think they have the potential to improve what they've done, and I feel like they're at a bit of a discount right now. And that's uh, Miles Sanders is the first one finished as RB 15 this last season, 19 in points per game. I feel like he's still very underappreciated and he had a very solid, consistent season. All these pieces are coming back for Philadelphia next year. Uh, So there's no reason to think that his role is going to change. So I feel like he's a very solid guy to go, go to. And he could, like I said, he, he was RB 15 on the season he could very easily jump up a few spots, be an RB one for your team. Um, like very consistent this year. And the other one is, uh, and this one's probably going to be a little bit tougher for you to, to pry away from uh, GM out there. And that's um, Travis ETN. Um, I, I mean, this is, we've spewed our love for this Jaguars offense and the team in general. And it's an ascending offense. I want to get pieces on an ascending offense. Let's be honest. It's another year of, with Doug Peterson at the helm, uh, same offensive coordinator, you know, they're probably going to expand the playbook here in the off season. And I could see him, you know, another year removed from that injury. You know, I see good things there. Like I said, though, I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult to get him. Cause I think the, the, the GM that has him is a believer for the most part, especially after what we saw this season. I mean, he flashed in some huge games this year, but he's another player that if I can get him, I'm really going to try to. Yeah, ETN's a great one. Glad you mentioned Travis. Felt like we we talked so much about the Jaguars. I I didn't want to, but we have to because he is legit. Mm-hmm. He just is legitimate. And uh, for everybody who got him on a dip during the James Robinson resurgence, uh, kudos. Enjoy. Hold tightly to him because that was a great payoff. I do want to talk about Miles Sanders a bit in that respect. Are you worried at all that he has more rushing touchdowns this year than in his three previous seasons combined? Like, does that worry you at all, or does that just give you a sign that that's how they will use him going forward? I think it's a sign of how they're going to use him moving forward. Uh, he's been he's he's had a bit of the injury bug. I don't want to say he's injury prone, but he's had a bit of the injury bug the last couple seasons, which did hamper him. And we saw last year with the Eagles was that midway ish through the season where they really kind of changed the style of their offense to play more to Jalen Hurts strengths. And it wasn't trying to force the ball downfield and pass us, you know, super a lot uh, and not also having him run the ball all the time. Um, so I think the offense that they they're running right now especially bringing in A.J. Brown in the, the offseason last year, having that alpha on their team, um, which is nothing to shirk at Devonta Smith because I love him. Uh, he could be an alpha in his own right, I feel like. But, yeah, I feel like this is the offense that we're going to see, and I feel like they found like that proper – they found the right mix for their team right now, and I can't see them messing with that formula. So, yeah, I expect Miles Sanders to have very similar numbers, if not better, next year. I like it. This uh, this draft class from a few years ago, where everybody was so tepid on them, is for fantasy. You know, the 2019 draft class: Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, who we haven't talked about, but did sneak his way into the top 24 this season, even mm-hmm. on the worst of teams that we've seen in quite some time, still found his way to be an RB2. Like those guys are, are finding ways to continue producing, and I think mm-hmm. they will all have some value going into this offseason. Montgomery, I don't know if he'll stay with the Bears, and I kind of hope he doesn't. I hope he finds his way to another RB needy team this offseason because I'd be interested in him again. Well, in the words of the famous Ian Malcolm, life finds a way. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed it does. Indeed it does. All right. Um, Any... Is there anyone we haven't talked about? Maybe some late... You know, outside the top 36 running backs that you want to talk about that maybe you think could have a good fantasy impact for you next year. I'm not saying they're going to take that jump from nothing 
to your every week starter, you know, but someone that maybe could have good flex appeal from week to week, bi-week fill in um, someone that maybe is a RB handcuff right now that you see maybe having a more relevant role next year. Who are a couple guys you're looking at, Jake? I like that. Uh, I want to say this is a little bit of more Zeke hatred, but just in case something happens with Ezekiel Elliott and his body just really is breaking down because it's just it just kind of feels that way. He's given a lot to that team, and he deserves some respect for that. But like, I think he's he's just feeling it right now. Um, there is a guy Malik Turner on that team that is kind of uh, he was he was touted fairly highly coming into this year. Um, undrafted rookie, I believe. Like, that's the guy I'd snag off of waivers right now in your deep dynasty leagues. There's guys like that or Hassan Haskins that I would be scooping up. But outside of that, I think J.K. Dobbins is a pretty interesting guy that did not find his way into this list because he was coming back from an injury. It did take him a while, a long while to get going. But towards the end of the season, I know we talked about this in a previous episode, it felt like planning for next year's redraft Maybe this is the guy to fit the Saquon CMC comeback type of mold. Not saying he's going to reach those heights, but somebody who will be under the radar that I'd be interested in. Mm-hmm. Anybody yeah. for you that sticks out? I mean, a couple guys, uh, and this is just, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, from what we've seen in the playoffs here, kind of this later run that he's had. Um, you know, someone I'd be interested in again, maybe like a, he could end up being like a low end RB two, maybe a solid RB three next year. I don't have any faith in this Kansas city offense that a running back is ever going to be super fantasy relevant, but if you're able to pick him up relatively cheaply at this point, um, if the, you know, the, the fantasy manager hasn't really been paying attention now that, you know, the fantasy season is over, which, I don't know why you would do that because if you're in fantasy football, you love football in general. Um, but if there's a way you could get him, um, I think he could be a solid contributor to your fantasy squad. Um, another, I mean, if as we're talking about with uh, David Montgomery, uh, Khalil Herbert coming back from injury this year, I would love to see you know him. I think, I think he can get the full workload on that team, uh, but he's just been hampered by David Montgomery and ineptitude in that coaching staff. So with the new coaching staff this year, I think we would have seen things had he not got injured. And then next year, a guy I feel like isn't anywhere near the top 36 this year because of injury, but someone I do think is going to be very fantasy relevant next year is JK Dobbins. Um, He's going to be a full year removed from this injury. We saw him flash here um, in the later part of the seasons once he came back these last few games. Do I think he's going to be that top eight running back that we expected him coming out of college? No, I think the injury took a little bit out of him. Could be wrong. Maybe he'll come back even stronger than ever next year. But when he did come back this year, it just didn't look like he had that burst that he did uh, in his rookie season that we saw. But he is someone... I think you could probably get it at a discount. And I learned my lesson after after this year. Don't buy running backs first year coming off of injury. Get them the get them the year after. You know, trade for them, right. especially if you're like out of playoff contention. Um, trade for those running backs. You know, so like next year it would be like Bijan, not Bijan Robinson, Brees Hall. Um, Oh, my mind is blanking. Javante Williams. Javante like, Williams. Yeah, yep. like th- those are the two that come straight to mind. Like if you're out of the playoffs and or even if you are and you can afford to do it, like pick up those guys that have are probably going to underproduce next season to get them for the following year. So I think getting back to J.K. Dobbins, I think he will produce this next year, um, but just not at that top tier level that we thought but I think you could probably get him at a discount because he didn't really do anything this year. I agree. I I, uh, might break my own rule about trying not to trade for running backs at this point. Again, besides some exceptions, it feels like there's a growing list of exceptions and he's on it right now. So uh, I'm with you. I like that we finally matched up with J.K. Dobbins, by the way. 
We've all feel like we've always we did been so <laughs> high, you know, a milk cereal situation, but now we're at the same level, and that mm-hmm. makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Who else do you want to talk about, Jake? I really uh, don't have much more to hear to uh, say about our running backs uh, going into next year. But if you've got someone in particular you'd love to talk about, let's let's lay it on me. There's no one in particular that I want to talk about. I do just want to put out sort of a philosophy, adding on to what I've talked about with trading running backs mm-hmm. uh, for our dynasty listeners. So at this point in the game, I feel like most people listening are dynasty players. So if you are planning to trade running backs uh, and you want to do that, do it now when they are still the best running backs, when they're fresh in everybody's memories and you don't believe that they're going to increase in value, even if you think they might stay at the same level of value, but there's a chance that they could go down. This is the Mm -hmm. time to trade them, trade them for picks. And then again, in a couple of months time, few months time, whenever your rookie draft is, take those same picks, either draft one of the running backs coming in. Bijan Robinson is obviously the guy. That's the name everybody wants. But draft somebody or use that draft capital to then trade for, at that point, a different running back, maybe of the same caliber that you could get for a bit of a discount. It's the cycle of the offseason that I think impacts this position more than any other. It's just, here's the high of it coming off the season. Then we get into the doldrums. We get into the rookie draft season where people are just losing their shit over picks. And then coming out the other side, too, it's going to be much harder to acquire them as we get right up to the season. Use your own value. Use your own judgment. Again, me, there are situations like a guy like James Conner that I said, I'll wait, trade for him later once he's locked in. It's a matter of uh, question marks, Dustin, and how much you're willing to pay for the question mark or how much you want to get it off your team and what kind of value you want. But Mm -hmm. know a plan. Have a plan ready. It's like a fire drill. Know what you want to do and be ready to execute. Yep. That is great. I love it. I have nothing more to add to that, Jake. So good last good last words for the for the show this week. Um. Any any parting words now before we sign off for this week? <sighs> Super Bowl is going to be here and then it's going to be gone. So get ready to feel that. <laughs> there might be some relief. You know, I'm, I might be even a tinge relieved once the Super Bowl is come and gone because then it's the non-point scoring season, which is official. I mean, it is already, but it's it like already is. officially over, over, over. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain... uh fun to be had not to that's right and it really comes to just all speculation and looking forward to next season which is half the fun of fantasy football is just talking about what could be instead of reacting to what happened week to week we get to be like "Ooh, what if this guy goes here Ooh, what if this trade happens Ooh, what if this rookie it's all fun like this is when things really get fun and let's be honest the slate after the football after the football after the football is correct but after the super bowl (laughs) yeah after the Super Bowl, the slate is wiped clean, mm-hmm. and technically, all teams are in contention for the Super Bowl next year. Your fantasy rosters, they're all in contention for the play- fantasy playoffs next year to the Fantasy Bowl. So, hey, it's, it's fun to look forward, start looking forward to next season, and really getting excited to what your team potentially could do. I love that. I love it. I'm ready for it. I'm not ready for it. That's the joy of this game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, folks, that'll do for us for this week thank you for joining us uh on this wednesday evening if you joined us live if not um join us on tuesday next week we'll be back at our normal scheduled time unless of course some emergency comes up again but no we'll be here on tuesday next week um please uh give us a rate review anywhere you find your podcast subscribe to us on youtube you get the alerts when we go live every week so you can catch us on an off night say like a wednesday like tonight uh, follow my lovely co-host at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter. You can follow us at Tricking Fantasy on Twitter. Um, hit us up with any of your off-season fantasy questions. Um, if you have any other uh, takes or questions, whether it be music, food, whatever. We are here for you to answer all your questions. Uh, if you so choose, you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. But let's be honest, 
go find Jake. Go find our podcast handle. That's the way to go. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Oh, shit. Oh, shit.